Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Go ahead and shop the showcase at welchjewelers.com today. That's welchjewelers.com. Wedding rings, engagement rings, bracelets, necklaces, you name it, and the special of the day all happening at welchjewelers.com. Shop the showcase at the official jewelry store of the ML Sports Platter. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Axe Exotic Pets, the Allen Angus Pub, and the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the ML Sports Platter as well. Let's chat with Dan Mitchell. He is a Buffalo Bills podcast host and insider. You can get him on Twitter at RealDanMitchell. Uh, Buffalo Bills YouTuber. Make sure you go check out his YouTube channel. It's terrific. Uh, actually recording this before the Dolphins game. Uh, want to really look at that week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers and kind of the long-term situation with this Bills team uh, and, and still obviously a, a club that's very, very talented but got out to a rocky start. What Dan saw on the film and the like, let's bring him in. Dan, how are you? Hey, Mike. What's going on? I really appreciate you having me. All right. What did you see on the tape? I know you're a big tape guy. I know you you, you watch that game in depth. X's and O's, every corner of it against Pittsburgh in week one. I know Miami's coming up this week in a big bounce back week. But what did you see with the Bills against the Steelers? And how much do you think the hype expectation, bullseye, Josh Allen contract, Super Bowl picks, how much do you think all of that had to do with the loss? No, don't get me wrong. Josh Allen certainly made his share of mistakes. But if I were to place blame on absolutely anything and this was while i was watching it live and this is while i revisited it after about two or three days of me being in the depression then what i saw was just pure undisciplined football specifically from our offensive line i mean when you look at Deion dawkins you know really throwing out about you know three holding penalties and then just about everybody else in the line making those contributions there as well it's very difficult for a team to win that game when you were at that undisciplined especially in the trenches now when i look at it i'm just trying to tell myself that our offensive line was very nervous they had it in the back of their head they knew how dangerous this front seven from the pittsburgh steelers was going to be hence why they played so scared if you will Um, now this week coming up against miami now we're going to be going up against a pretty solid back seven but i think that our offensive line is gonna um really be able to make those adjustments, and we're not going to see that again this coming week. Okay, what do you think about the defense, uh, you know, long-term this season? Do you do you think that they can get some kind of pass rush consistently on quarterbacks? I mean, the, the talk is, well, they're going after Mahomes, right? Well, you're going after everybody. My God, the schedule's hard. you got Brady, you got Winston, you got good offensive lines, good teams. 
I'm assuming yep. Mac Jones will get better throughout the season. You got to play, uh, you know, you got to play a, a Ryan Tannehill and a good Titan team. I mean, they have a lot of quarterbacks you need to get to. And oh, by the way, they faced the first ballot Hall of Famer in Week One with Big Ben. I didn't think Big Ben really looked that great, and I think late Not in the game he got a lot of he got a lot of protection though, and then his receivers made a lot of awesome plays. Is it a concern that defensive line, the pressure, getting it consistently? I know they can do it in splashes, but can they do it on a game-by-game game here this year, Dan? No, I think that this is just step one of the overall investment. You know, there's no surprise that we ended up investing heavily in the defensive line. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're very young, right? I mean, right outside of Mario Addison and right outside of Jerry Hughes, we have a relatively young defensive line. I think that the chemistry still needs to be built. Like you said, I definitely saw some splashes. I was a lot happier with our defensive line week one than I was practically during any game of 2020 last year. So I'm seeing the the appropriate steps coming up, but unfortunately I'm not going to see us completely turn the page overnight and have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers or a Pittsburgh Steelers type pass rush this season. The only thing that I'm hoping is, is that we can see a slight improvement because that's going to unlock the caliber of players and the performances that we'll see on the secondary side of things. I expect an improvement, but I don't expect a world-changing pass rush to hit this team this year. Are you on the side of the fence of don't worry about it, sling it, that's what you do, you're the you know, you're know you one of the best passing offenses in, in football, uh, hell with the running game, or do you sit on the other side where you're like, look, running game isn't everything, but it's something, got to have a little bit of balance there. Yeah, Mike, so great question. When it comes down to it now, last year, I was a huge advocate for do not fix what is not broken. Love the fact that, you know, those five wide sets, Josh Allen's clearly a quarterback that thrives in a pass first offense. Unfortunately, I do believe this year we need we need to establish something on the ground. And I'm not saying that this is the end of the world by any means. Devin Singletary showed some flashes more so than he did all of last year in 2020. I was just surprised that we abandoned the run that quickly, especially after that one drive where he was, I'm pretty sure he was busting off anywhere between, you know, high fives to six yards per carry at the end of the day. I don't think that we need to go out there and find a running back in free agency. Not that there is anybody out there that would be worth grabbing at this point, but I do think that we need a bit more of a balanced approach because I almost guarantee you the way that the Steelers were dropping seven and eight DBs and linebackers in the coverage. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of that. We're not going to be seeing the yards after the catch that we saw last year because teams almost know that we're going to be a team that's going to be passing the ball 75, 80% of the time. So run game is definitely something that needs to be addressed. We need a balanced approach, but luckily I think the running backs on our roster can get it done. It's about play calling. Final question for you. You've got, obviously, a really huge YouTube following, over 12,000 followers. Um, how do you, what, what advice would you give to somebody starting out a YouTube page? How do you develop? How do you get you know, subscribers? Um, obviously, I'm listening in on that as well because I only have a couple hundred, so I'd love to be able to get into your range. But, what, but talk a little bit about the development of your YouTube page and, and, and your show. Kind of promote what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, anytime that anybody ever asks me advice on how to grow a following, what I do is I ended up researching some of the channels that I really, really respected, uh, such as That's Good Sports. Uh, there's a guy named Tom Grassi that covers the Packers. And what I did was I ended up researching what they did, what was successful for them, and I sort of reverse engineered their formula, really just m- m- 
giving yourself a goal to get better and better each and every single time that you upload a video. It's about quantity, but at the same time, it's also about quality. I always tell people the majority of the time when you're putting content out there, people can sniff out when you're not being yourself. So be yourself. If you're funny, be funny when you're going out with sports nudes. If you're serious, be serious. Be be obsessed with growing as much as you possibly can and just make it a point to always improve your content. That's the best thing that I can say is just reverse engineer who you like watching and then put it and then put your own unique spin on it. I like it. Go subscribe to his page. I have Dan Mitchell there on YouTube, 12,500 followers. Pretty great stuff there. And on Twitter at real Dan Mitchell, uh, Dan, I hope that your August 22nd tweet comes to fruition somehow. I, I, I know it's late. I know this is a drunk tweet, but the bills are winning the Super Bowl. Let's hope, let's hope that what you tweeted and felt that night after, uh, I don't know, eight or nine beers or maybe even more. Who knows? Uh, let, let's, yeah. let, let's hope that that is a good feeling here at the end of the year, huh? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's called manifesting at its finest. <laughs> Dan, thank you, buddy. All right, man, you have a good one. Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and Rosie's Corner. Get on over to Rosie's if you're in and around central New York. The pizza, pasta, wings, hot and cold subs, and more. Fish Friday every week. And be on the lookout as well for their fantastic cold weather uh, menu items coming up uh, during the first week of October, like your meatloaf Monday, turkey slop Tuesday, chicken and biscuit Wednesday, and a heck of a lot more. Get on over to Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Let's bring in another guest. He is the lead baseball writer for the amazing platform, Ball9. You can go get him at ball9.com and on Twitter at AMBS underscore Kernan the newly minted member of the New York State Baseball Hall of Fame as well. Uh, Man, what an induction that was. Let's bring in Kevin Kernan. KK, welcome back, my man. A lot to talk about. How are you? Great to be back, buddy. Uh, It's always always a good baseball conversation, and these idiots give us a lot to talk about. Boy, they sure do, and the Yankees are involved in that. They are back to clown baseball as we record this, lose that brutal game to Baltimore. Uh, had an opportunity to pick up a half game in the wild card. Kevin, I just, I, I mean, what's left to be said about this team at this point? Uh, not much. If you're still a Yankee fan and you're still holding on hope for uh, for this group, then you're insane, much like Yankee ownership, I mean, and, and leadership. But they're making the same, we, we've talked about ad nauseum. They keep making the same mistakes. They keep, uh, they keep, uh, you know, Labor Torres shortstop was a mistake from the beginning. Then they put him back at second base, but they don't really bring in a shortstop because the Yankees believe in zone defense. They think they don't really need a shortstop because the nerds are smarter than any baseball fans, and certainly than the competition. So they think they can get away with guys who can't play shortstop at shortstop. So that's just one small example. Then, they, then they get. If things actually break their way, they get a, a ton of breaks. The Velasquez kid, son of a New York cop, does a great job, and they basically send them away. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a hitter of any substance, but he's gonna put the ball in play, he's gonna make some things happen, he can bunt. By the way, when he was playing more uh, uh, you know, he he's, he tries to do too much Tyler Wade all the time. So he 
you know, he uh, but when he got in there in a kind of a regular situation, he kind of he kind of found his groove. And, and the Yankees were an interesting team. They were stealing bases. They, you know, they were putting the ball in play. Uh, Odora was bunting, yep. and then all of a sudden they, they take it all away and they go right back to plan plan A, which should be plan Z. But that's the arrogance. And and Michael, that's one of the things I always come back to, and it really upsets the nerves because I'm onto their game. And, and their arrogance is off the charts. Their elitism is off the charts. And, and what, they, what they're basically telling Yankee fans is, you don't know anything about baseball. Let us, let us do it this way. We'll get in the tournament. When I love when Catherine uses that term. Oh. And, and again, I, I'm, picking up some, I'm, I'm making some small points here. I, didn't, I don't have to get to the big points. Anybody can see that. Gary Sanchez is a clown as a catcher. I mean, it's no other way to put it. And everybody says, well, they ruined him. And I, I was sticking along those lines, too. They ruined him. But at some point, a player has to take ownership of his career. And, and you know, he's got to say, you know, I'm not built to be on one knee all the time and let these pass. They lost the game last night. Um, I think they were scored wild pitches, but essentially pass balls. The amount of pass balls in baseball, which are called wild pitches, is another clown show. So that's, that's some of the things that can be said now with the Yankees. Even, and you know what? Here's the other thing. That's a hard team to like. It's a hard team to like. Stanton, you know, it's hit or miss. If you throw the ball where he's going to hit it, he's going to hit it, you know, 110 miles per hour. But in big situations, disappears. Um, I think, I, you know, I love Judge. And I think, you know, I, I was the one saying you should sign him long term. They missed the boat on that. They should have done it two years ago, even with all the injuries, because, some of the injuries kind of weren't his fault. I mean, he got hurt, but like uh, two, uh, the, the, the rib, the top rib that broke a few, they didn't diagnose that correctly. So why is that judge's fault but that they, they didn't diagnose it correctly? You know, he, he went to the Yankees. Uh, he was in Tampa all winter, and they didn't, they didn't figure out that it was a top rib broken until, uh, you know, until spring training. So come, come on, you know, and, but it's over and over and over again. And why not reward a guy like Judge who's, who, you know, is a little bit older, went through the minor leagues, did well. Give him that extended contract when he's still, you know, um, you know, when he's still, when he's showing signs of being a, a really good hitter. And then maybe he relaxes, maybe he gets better. But, the, you know, the Braves had enough sense to, um, and Acuna is a special talent, but, and Albies, but they signed those guys early. Why can't the Yankees? They're cheap. The Yankees are cheap. And they, 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 it costs the most money to go to a Yankee game in the history of the world. You couldn't pay me to go to a Yankee game right now. So that's just some of my thoughts with the Yankees right now. And there's a lot of good people in the organization, so I'm not damning the whole organization. But I am damning the nerds and the way they treat the customers and the way they treat the team and this whole squad up thing. And my, my, and Gardner, you know, Gardner is like a heart and soul, but he should be play, he should not be playing as much as he's playing. There's so many obvious things. Heaney, bringing in Heaney, you know, Burrios is brought into the Blue Jays, you know, on the trade deadline. Yankees bring in Heaney. Heaney, you know, I, I remember seeing him in the minor leagues. He, he is who he is. You can't, it's unfair to him to put him in this situation. So, uh, again, we can go, we can go all day long on the Yankees' mistakes. And, you know, yes, they are, you know, they're not as bad as the Mets, though, I will say that. You know, <laughs> Mets are the ultimate clown show. Mets talking about being in the contention. Oh, God. Couple, 
games under 500. Are you kidding me? If I was in that clubhouse, I'd say, get your head on straight, guys. You, you, you guys aren't even 500. At least the Yankees, for all their mistakes, are like 16 over or whatever the hell they are. You know, you know but, but again, that's where we are with baseball. And that's why it's very interesting to see the run the Blue Jays have made. They, 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 you know, you watch Vlad Guerrero, he, he puts the ball in play. So he's doing a lot of good things. You know, he's not just hitting for power. I think they're going to have three or four guys that are going to be 100 RBI guys. The Yankees aren't going to have any, you know, the way I see it. You know, when you speak, you speak of Vlad Jr., it's interesting. I sent out a tweet yesterday. I, I almost regretted it a little bit because the notifications never stop. When you when you send out an opinion piece and you you know you get a bunch of assholes coming at you no matter what, but I said if the Blue Jays get to the postseason, KK, and he wins the triple crown, which is still a big deal. Miguel oh, yes. Cabrera won it in 2012. Before that, it was Yastrzemski in '67. That's the American League. And oh, by the way, we haven't had a triple crown winner since 1937 in the National League. Joe Medwick of the St. Louis Cardinals. If he gets into the postseason, he pushes him in, and he wins the Triple Crown, plus the OBP and all the rest, I think Vlad Jr. should edge out Shohei Otani. Yeah, I think you can make a really good argument for that. I mentioned that on a podcast yesterday, uh, a Ball 9 podcast. But, you know, if I, if I had, and again, I voted for many, I had many MVP votes through the years. And it was pretty, most of the years I did, it was cut and dry, you know. Um, whatever league it was, or but if there is a battle, you have to take that into account. And he's carrying the team in playoff contention. The Angels aren't in contention, and if you look at Otani's um, numbers since uh, you know the second half of the season, hitting wise and even pitching wise, now you're not going to pitch. He, he's a special dude because he's doing something that that he was a little bit and he's successful at it, like like Babe Ruth. So I understand that part of the argument. I think just purely on the entertainment basis of it, and that's what I broke it down with. If I had that vote, entertainment basis, I, I would probably vote Otani. But I also said if I was a writer based in Toronto and I had an MVP vote, I would vote for No doubt I would vote for, for Vlad because of, of the things he's done. So so uh, I think you can make a really good argument for Vlad. And again, he's a son of a major leaguer. He knows how to play the game. And the DFS, if you just watch, he, he takes what they give him sometimes. Mm-hmm. He gets that little dribbler through the hole. I mean, it, it was perfect the other night. Mets, and, and again, you always hear the headlines, you know, Mets, Mets take a, you know, Mets dealt a, a blow and contend in, in playoff race. First of all, they give themselves these shots, shots in the mouth, nobody else. So nobody's dealing them a blow. It's the Mets giving themselves their own shot. And and, and, and they're not even in the contender race, but it was, it was, it was kind of like a, uh, perfect irony. It was an irony, irony that when the Cardinals beat him the other day uh, and, and swept the series, I think they had three or four straight hits right through the shift where, where players used to play but never play anymore. So, But again, none of that matters because they're way smarter than we are. They're elites. They went to Ivy League schools. You know, They studied this stuff on baseball. So even though your eyes tell you, like, hey, where the hell's the second base? What the hell happened to the shortstop? Why, why, when this when this pitcher's dealing and throwing ninety something away, why are we giving him away? You know, so uh, they're giving him that area. So, so again, the the game makes no sense in many on many areas, and that's because of the people that the media bears part of the blame as well, because they elevate every time he gets an opening. How many times you got to be old? Jared Porter's going to be a great GM. Oh, Zach Scott will fit right in. These are clowns. These guys are lieutenants. They don't deserve to be in charge of anything. And they proved it by, by their actions off the field. 
And uh, so, meanwhile, good baseball people are pushed out of the game. They're set to. Uh, it's really interesting how many good baseball guys and guys that play are now coaching in in the college. Push. Because MLB doesn't want any part of them because the nerds are afraid of them. They're intimidated by them. So it's a big, it's a big picture thing. But that's just part of my my thoughts. And, yeah, and I, the nerds don't like it too bad. Yeah, and I love the the analytic people that came at me on social media where they were like, "Well, you know, it, it it's OBP is a bigger stat than, uh, than than RBI and batting average." And I quote tweeted and I said, "Perfect." Uh. Vlad has a 406 OBP, Shohei's is 356, now it's 359 and 406 respectively, but I was like, okay, cool, well, you know what, Vlad's 50 points higher in a category that uh, you're saying right now is so important, so guess what, he's doing everything, speaking of doing everything in the other league, I want to hit a couple quick ones here for you, KK, and I'll let you go. Uh, Bryce Harper seems to me to be the MVP front runner. What are you seeing when you watch Harper every night? Every night it's home run, it's RBI, comes up in big spots. He got the big base hit last night and then a homer. Harper looks really good right now for this group. Yeah, he's, he's done a good job this year, and he would probably be my choice for sure. Um, I want to see how it plays out, of course. And because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on with the Dodgers and things and the things that they do and the Giants. you got to give those guys credit. So yeah. you got to consider some of their players, too. But just for a guy carrying a team that has no pitching staff. And by the way, the Phillies went totally nerd in pitching with kind of like driveline guys and things like that running the show. And this is what they got. Yep. You know, I, I've been told, believe it or not, that um, uh, one of the guy, one of their people in charge of pitching, basically made the statement that uh, you know we're not we're not car mechanics, we're not here to fix mechanics. <laughs> we're you know we're here to shape things and do it. They don't even know what they're doing. So I hope Dave Dombrowski cleans that mess up. He's already fired some people. There's a lot more he needs to fire. But Harper has taken that team on his back, and it's got to be so frustrating because you put your team ahead. No team, I think, had thirty blown saves last time I looked, oh. but. But, uh, you know, think of that. Think about if they had some decent pitching, how much better Harper's numbers would look because the team would be in, would have a wild card locked up. So so that, that that's a great point. And, uh, and uh, definitely uh, Harper, uh, you know, he was my, obviously my key player in the National League before the season started. I expected great things from him. I expected great things. I thought Acuna might be the MVP, but then he got hurt. So Harper, good for him. 33 homers, 77 RBI, 314 average, 428 OBP, and a 1.055 OPS as we record this. Harper is playing well. Hell, if they had an above-average bullpen, they might even be leading the division. There's no doubt uh, about well, that. They had an average bullpen. They had an average yeah, that's true. Yep. yep. And, and your guys keep making the same mistakes. I know. O2, O2 sliders or O2 fastballs right into the power zone. And again, that goes back to the nerds because they want to do sequences. They don't watch the game. I, they don't watch that this guy's dominating this hitter, but they they, they got to come out in sequence. And they get in the pitch. I saw a nerd pitching coach for the Twins. I saw a nerd pitching coach come out the other day, and the Yankees, the Yankees won, which they shouldn't have won. Another one of those fake wins by the Yankees, and there's plenty of them here. But uh, uh, late in the game, the Yankees are coming back, so you got to be careful. It's eighth inning. Uh, the, the, the reliever gives up, Duffy, I think it was, gives up a either a walk or a single. Gets the leadoff man's on base, so you're thinking, oh gosh, here it comes. You know, Judge is going to hit a three-run homer eventually in this inning, and that's exactly what happened. But the next two guys, good hitters, you know, 
uh, including LeMahieu, he gets them out on fly balls to yeah. right field. So now there's two outs. He's, so you can see the kid, he's, he got that knuckle curve. He, he figures, I'm going to live or die with my knuckle curve. And uh, all of a sudden, this, this little pitching coach comes out to the mound. Guy I never saw before. I guess he's their pitching coach. And, um, and and he's talking to Duffy, who just got the two guys out. Like, get off my mound. I just got these two guys out. Get out of here. I've talked to pitchers about that. And actually, I spoke to a major league pitcher yesterday about it. And he said he was just told to get lost. And the kid Duffy was all discombobulated. I think he walked the next batter on four pitches. And then, of course, the other guy doesn't warm up. And he's not that good anyway. They're closer. And gives up the three-run home run to Judge on a fastball that leaks inside right to where Judge is looking. So, so that's the state of where we are in baseball. Um, and the teams like the Giants have done some base that, yes, and again, I want to make it clear, there are some nerd things that work. You can use it, but it, you can't be driven by it. The Dodgers, the Rays, the Giants, they, they also do some standard old-school baseball stuff. Like the, the, the uh, Giants' bullpen, they throw strikes. They don't walk people. You know, they, they, they're not exactly, uh, you know, they're not going to blow the ball by you, but, you know, they'll get you out on your own swings because nobody makes adjustments anymore. That's another thing. So it's, it's never been easier to get major league hitters out than now. And I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me. Never been easier to get major league hitters out now. I can't tell you how many pop-ups I see, how many fly balls I see in big situations by guys that used to hit line drives. The line drive, the death of the line drive is the biggest story in baseball. Okay, final thing in, in, in two or three minutes that I have left with you. Uh, give me your National League sort of state of the union. You know, the, the wild, wild west, the Dodgers, the Giants. You might have a team win over 100 games and have to play, not might, it will happen, uh, have to play in a, in a one-game showdown after the grind of the baseball season. The Cardinals have come on. Uh, you know, we've got the Braves who have been impressing the hell out of me. What's your overall feeling of what's going on in the National League, Kevin? Well, first of all, the second wild card, I've never liked it. It's a clown show decision added by, uh, you know, baseball just to make, just to sell tickets. And people actually think their teams are contenders. Shouldn't be a second wild card. And, and, uh, you know, this is a perfect example how the Dodgers could win 100 games and be knocked out. And, you know, St. Louis, which is capable, you come in and beat them or the Padres or whoever wins that last spot. The Reds, no chance because I think the Reds don't have the pitching. Mm-hmm. But, um, so the overall state of the National League is it's the, uh, the Padres. Uh, the biggest disappointment nationally is the Mets. Second biggest disappointment is the Padres. Tired of their act as well. Um, you know, they, they keep uh, making the same mistakes as well. They've diluted their farm system. Uh, you look at some of the trades over the years that Prella has made, and he's always he's the cover boy for uh, for the nerd writers too. They love him, and um, so I, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of I like the Dodgers. I like the way they play the game. I like you know I like Betts' energy. I, I like I like their team philosophy. Uh, I I like Dave Roberts. You know. Um, He's not afraid to sit down a guy if he needs to be sat down. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Dodgers, I'd like to see the Dodgers uh, win the pennant and, and maybe win their second uh, straight World Series, which would be kind of fun. Kevin, this was incredible. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on, as always, and uh, continued success your way again. It was so great seeing you about a month ago uh, in the Capital Region. And we'll see what happens the rest of this season, and nothing will change in the Bronx. Thanks, brother. You got it, and uh, you can find me at ball9.com, and I also do uh, pieces uh, for Aaron Rodgers' website, you know, online sports database, 
OSDB. So that's uh, some good stuff there, and, and always, Michael, great talking baseball with you. Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, Welch and Company Jewelers, and the Allen Angus Pub. Before and after all the big events in Central New York, head on over to the Allen Angus Pub for the best darn Angus burger in town. Big time, big time thanks to Dan Mitchell and Kevin Kernan. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshalls. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.